0: I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, bad behavior, why you need to deal with the root causes, not the symptoms. Your neighbour's son behaves badly, he has low grades at school, he doesn't do his homework, he gets up late in the morning and getting ready for school is a big rush and chaos and he's been late for school four times in the last month. If your neighbour asks for your advice, would you start with the son or the parents? The temptation is to start with the son, tell him it's his job to get school on time, he's got to do the schoolwork to the best of his ability and he needs to get up 20 minutes earlier to get ready for school on time. The thing is, if you say this to the neighbour, you're missing the wider question. What made him do it? What made the son do it, not the (laughs) neighbour? And We'll come back to that question in a few minutes, but first, the point is to realise that unwanted behaviour has deep roots. The neighbour's son is breaking four rules. He has four problems. He has low grades. He doesn't do his homework. He gets up late and he's been late for school. So it's a systemic failure. He's breaking many rules. And that analogy is the same in many industries. For example, after the 2008 financial crisis, which cost economies billions, the British government wanted to avoid it happening again. So they asked a guy called Very Intelligent Man to write a report on what went wrong. His job was to look into the UK financial system, but given that London is a global financial hub, he was really looking at the system. And his report was very interesting. The recommendations in the report were not to add too many new rules. Instead, he recommended changing the culture. Because John Kay argued that unless you change the culture in the business, you're not going to change what's happening in the risk taking behaviour in the City of London. It's the same in New York and other financial centres. Changing the culture is a very hard thing to do, too hard for the British government, so they just put the report on the shelf and nothing has happened to stop that crisis from happening again. All the ingredients are there for a systemic failure to happen again. That's not good, but at least they've recognised if you're going to solve the problem, go for the root cause. The second point is to remove the cause, not attack the symptoms. So it helps here to think of an example of an extremely undesired behaviour, an addiction that's causing problems. Let's say an alcohol addiction. I love these people who say to alcoholics, stop drinking, as though any alcoholic hasn't already had that idea. The symptoms are clear, the person drinks, gets drunk and cannot control it. The root causes are complex. There's a myriad of reasons why people get addicted to alcohol or to cigarettes or to gambling or to gaming online or to shopping. So at work, when there's a systemic failure, managers tend to jump in and solve the bad behaviour where they see it. But that problem appears at the same level as the symptoms, so they're treating the symptoms and not the cause. And I've yet to see a company where more rules and regulations help, more command and control does not stop behavioural problems. So I had one client where they had problems with their customer products. There were missing components. And obviously the customers want the missing components delivered as soon as possible. The idea of the manager to solve the problem of getting the components to the customers quickly was to hire more people in the call centre to improve the after-sales customer care. The problem isn't the customer care after you've made the sale. The root cause is quality management in production. And getting down to the root cause is really what he needed to do. And let's go back to the question we started with. What made the boy do it? What made him have low grades, not do his homework, get up late in the morning and be late for school four times in a month? Well, I'm willing to bet if you scratch the surface, you'll see that it's the culture. And I'd start with the parents, then the boy, and then their performance culture, to put a business term on it. And these are the questions you'd asked. How do they decide their standards? How are those standards communicated? What positive examples does the boy have? How is good behaviour rewarded? And so on. And if you come back to the missing components, the components that customers aren't getting because of poor quality management, you now have a structured problem to solve. So you can ask questions like, what quality standards are used in production? Then you can ask about the quality standards in other functions. What quality standards do they have in design, supply chain, purchasing and distribution? What's the culture of quality in the company? How does the top management team live and communicate this culture of quality? Because these are the questions that solve the problem. Nine times out of ten, quality problems have an element of weak top management behaviour. So to sum up, Putting in place additional checks, procedures, or systems alone do not solve the cause. The root cause of negative behaviour is putting the right culture in place. At home, it starts with the parents, at work, it starts with the top management. That takes courage and it's positive behaviours and being a role model that really gets the best results. I'm Stephen Hunt. If you'd like to find out more about me or the services that I offer, please go to stephenhunt.net or find me on LinkedIn. You'll find more resources there on the themes we cover in this podcast. Join me next time for more on how top global managers use confidence and the power of clarity to grow their business.